Welcome to Engineering Fields of Dreams podcast. We're here to share stories and professional experiences of engineers across disciplines and let you explore the amazing world of engineering. Each episode, you'll hear inspiring stories and advice from engineers, allowing you to learn from their successes and experiences. Whether you're an engineering student, a veteran engineer, or just curious about engineering, we invite you to join us and explore the amazing and ever-changing world of engineering. Welcome to this episode, Beyond Formulas and Equations, with our guest, Serena. Thank you for being here today, Serena. Would you please introduce yourself? Hey, man. So my name is Serena Martinez. Actually, I'm going to say my full name, which is Esmeralda Serena Ayala Martinez. If in case anybody would ever look me up and look at my license for engineering, you wouldn't find me under Serena Martinez. I go by my middle name, not my first name. So just wanted to throw that first out there. Uh, born in Los Angeles, originally from out there, went to school and started going to the university at Cal State LA for about a year and a half. And then I ended up transferring over to the U of A in 2000. So since then, I've been here. I'm actually going on more than 21 years here in Tucson. So I got to start calling myself a Tucsonan instead mm-hmm. of saying I'm still from LA because mm-hmm. I'm actually now going on having more years in Tucson than growing up in Los Angeles. I'm a civil engineer, went to the U of A. Actually, then met you, Matt, and all of our other colleagues when we went for our MBA back in 2015, graduating in 2016, which is not something I thought I was going to do again as far as going back to school. But it was definitely very worth it. It's just one of those things that mentally you have to be prepared and it has to be within the right time-wise if you're going to go back to school if you didn't decide to just go directly right after graduating. But I have two boys, two beautiful going my teenage boys, one 14 and one 12, and have my husband, Joseph Martinez. He's a mining engineer as well. I met him at the year of A. But Right now, career-wise, myself and my husband, we actually operate our own engineering firm, engineering construction. Right now, we mainly market towards manufactured homes. We do foundation inspections, and I do some design work on the site as well. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today, and I'm excited to hear your story, even though I know parts of it already. Why did you choose this career? That one, going through questions here, that was actually the very easiest question I can answer. And my dad, who passed away here at the beginning of this year, fortunately, but had a great influence. His name's Ezequiel Ayala. And as I mentioned, he influenced me into becoming a civil engineer. He worked as a construction and contracting when he was 14. And ever since I can remember, he's always operated his own company as a sole proprietorship under the name Ayala Since Construction. So when it came down to choosing my career, civil engineering was the career choice for me based off of once I read the description and how closely related it is and interacts with construction. It just seemed that was a hand-in-hand career-wise. I've always been in, around construction my whole life. So being able to now provide design work for my dad at some point, that was my goal, getting my career. So that's pretty, pretty much the overall influence for that. I think that 
family connections are a very common kind of route for people. And I'm glad you were able to share that story and how your father influenced you to get into the construction and civil engineering field. What is one thing that you know now that you wish you knew before graduation? So that, as I was thinking about it and with my career, where I've had to really improve on is how important writing turned out to be and as much as math. So I came to realize early in my career how important writing skills truly was when I first got my assignment to do my first technical writing report. That was a shocker um, to get to do my report and get it back with red lines, comments. And at that point, it hit me as like, I should have taken more and put a little bit more effort into writing courses. Obviously, during my graduate years, I was always constantly reminded how important my courses were going to be. Continue to do your studying in your math. Make sure you're getting your A's. Anything B's okay. Shouldn't be getting the C as an engineer in math courses. But it was never really the influence for writing courses. So if I would have, if I would be able to go back and do my undergrad again, I would take more writing courses. I was fortunate during my, during my early stage career. I had one supervisor that acknowledged that right away and actually told me, Hey, there are grammar courses, writing courses for professionals to take. The company will offer self-development courses, maybe two every so, you know, during the year, then another thing who takes more following year. So I did take quite a bit of grammar courses to improve on my writing skills. So that was very helpful. And it's just obviously having the right person behind you. So your right mentors. That's another thing. When you have a good mentor, good supervisor, manager, and they see where your skills lack and can improve. And they help point that out. Because as human beings, we all cringe when we're told, oh, you're not really great at this particular task. But we need to be called out. We need to be known so that we can improve. That's the only reason. That's the only way you're going to be able to improve on yourself is by knowing where are those skills that you need to go and get a little bit more development. So that was the one thing. If so, anybody still doing their groundwork, I would definitely recommend taking and paying more attention on writing English courses. Maybe seek a little a, a second course here and there, and it definitely benefit you when you get out of out into the professional world and you're asked to do tech with technical papers, write up, or even just general emails. For sure. And I think that's one of the reasons why the College of Engineering at U of A has the course that I teach, the engineering communication course, to help the engineers realize how important those communication writing skills are. In your time taking those writing courses that you took after graduating and, and now having your own business, is there certain things that you think are really good to impart for a young engineer to focus on with writing skill development? Asking somebody to review your work, to look over, because as an engineer or as the author of the document, you know what you're trying to say and you know what you want to say. But when you're writing it down, it might not reflect that way to the reader. 
So having somebody review, read over your work, give you comments is very helpful because again, your writing skills, the way your grammar is, everything might be great. However, the way it reads might not communicate what you're trying to state or at the same time, knowing who your audience is. If your audiences are other engineers that have that technical background, then if by using a lot of technical terms, that will be communicated and understood. However, if your audience does not have that technical background, maybe depending on what career they do, you know, what their skills are, they might not understand your document. So just having somebody review, read over what you're trying to say, just to get that feedback and making sure, does it, are you getting your, the communication out there the way you want it to? For sure. And I think peer review is so important and it's a huge component of the course. They have several assignments where they actually peer review each other's work. I think one of the things that's important for them to realize is that a grammar checker or spell checker catch all those mistakes. And you could have a grammar free, error free document, but it might not communicate to the reader, the audience, as you said, what they need to know. So by having a fellow engineer review something that they understand the technical side, they can also give you that kind of feedback as well. And that's just as important as putting something through grammar check and spell check. Great. Can you recall a challenging professional situation and what did you learn from? On this, so I've been listening to a lot of your podcasts with other engineers and they've, they mentioned quite a bit with teamwork. So I, that was the first thing when I first got this question, that's the first thing I thought about, but I think a lot of engineers have already mentioned and indicated how important it is to work in teams. Don't be just stuck on yourself as an individual, not having, not having the answers right away doesn't mean that you're not good at what you're doing. It just means look for those resources. So when I was looking at this too, I started thinking, okay, what are the other challenges? And the one thing I can think about on my case was the challenges as a professional is also finding how to balance family life, how to balance personal life. So this is something you don't think as on a professional solution, but it does. When you start and for myself, I'm call myself a workaholic. I'm always working late. I'm always doing overtime. I, there's a task that needs to be done and it's outside of my job description, let's say. I still will do it. Whatever it takes to get the project done successful. I always found myself there. There was no question about it on not being able to provide the skills that I could and the time that was needed. But as I had was have my husband and we have our two boys, that to me was the challenging part. And that was more on an individual myself basis on how do I stop, in a sense, from putting or giving a lot of my time to my career, my work, and start saying, okay, no, I got to also give that time to my family, to my boys. That was to me the challenging part as once I started having that we had family and making sure, okay, we balance lives because that's the biggest thing we all, even though at first we might not have the families right after graduation or so once we get our families and maybe not even just our families as kids, but our families as parents, 
grandparents, siblings, aunts, uncles, those that are around us, giving everybody the time and dedication, but to both, both your career and both to your family. So that was something of a learning curve, obviously. But once you find that balance, it's just the best experience because you can, as anybody can do it. It's just like anything. You just have to make the effort. You kind of have to figure out what works, what doesn't work. Sometimes I wake up really early instead, get my career, my workday started so that I can then go and go see my boys recital. They used to do mariachi. But it's finding that balance, finding that time and prioritizing. So I didn't say for anybody that's as they're getting into in their professional skills, if they're able to already acknowledge the balancing between your professional life and your personal lives, it's definitely it's definitely great if you can start doing that at an early stage, at your stage. For sure. And what I liked about what you said was there is no recipe. You need to find it out for yourself. You can't just go to a web page and be like. Okay, if I do these guidelines for work-life balance, it's going to be fine. It's about working, finding what works for you in your own situation, in your own life, and finding that balance. And there will be detours, and then you'll learn from that one, and then you'll realign, and eventually you'll figure out what works for you for that balance. I think that's a really important message for them to hear that you can't just be a workaholic. You need to find that work-life balance. So thank you for bringing up that important topic. Um, and what, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I said, oh, you're welcome. Okay. Uh, what advice would you impart to someone just starting their careers? I had three things that came to mind. So the first one is continue to self-develop and never stop learning. Just seek when you're given the opportunity to and learn from other individuals, learn from their experience. I was fortunate enough that I was able to travel a lot of Arizona. I used to work with Reclamation Development Services for Freeport Macaron. And I got to go to different mine operations that were no longer operating. They were in there so on a maintenance, care and maintenance plan. And there were several individuals with so many years of experience so being able to talk to them, understanding where they, understanding their background, their skills, they had so much knowledge in the mine operations. So just that to me was a development or learning experience. And also obviously going to courses, taking on classes. Uh, so definitely just continue to do. And I say that because when I got out of, out of my, when I graduated from my grad under my, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm bullied here. When I graduated with my bachelor's, that was the one thing I said, I'm not going to school anymore. Never going to step foot ever again. I'm just going to go for my career. And that was going to be it. Of course, 10 years later, I ended up finding myself back at the U of A for my MBA, as I mentioned previously. But that, that took time and I had to be in the right state of mind to be able to want to continue to improve on my learning skills and getting my master's. But again, just with any career, just continue to develop and learn and never stop learning. The other thing is there's no shame in seeking help from teammates. Sometimes we might feel that, oh, because of our education, we have to figure out the solutions or solve a problem on our own. That's not the case. Reach out to your teammates. That's what 
the team is for. That's why you're put in these projects with other individuals because everybody has a different skill they can contribute to the project. So just don't think you have to go and be independent. Just get with your teams, talk about what is the issue, who has the skills. And if your teammates actually don't even have the skills themselves too, as a team, you don't have to feel like you have to figure that out on your own. Reach out to your department, reach out within the company. There are resources out there. Um, just don't think that, oh, because you're in a certain group department wise that you can't ask for outside within the company or even cons that's what consulting is for. Sometimes you have to go out there and just hire a consultant that has those skills that can make the rate to the project. So again, don't think that you are on your own. Seek advice, look for your resources. And the last item that I want to next somebody or give advice for is invest in your 401. Max out. That's going to be something for you as you retire in the future. And this is now you're gotta, you got to think not in the moment, but what's going to happen down the road, down the year. Because we all get to a certain point and we're going to want to retire. How are you going to retire? By investing on your in yourself with your 401k, that's how you're going to be able to retire at some point too. Just go ahead and try to max out, find out what your company has to offer. Do they also invest in you? Will they contribute? What's that contribution amount? And just max it out because money comes and goes. But once you get to a certain point and if you've saved that up, you're going to really be proud of yourself for having that cushion at the end. For sure. I think that's all great advice. And I would just tack on about 401k. The more you invest like in your 20s right after you graduate, that is just going to be such a force multiplier when you get closer to retirement. A lot of people wait too long to start saving for retirement. So I think that's yeah. really great advice. Over all three of your items were great advice. So thank you so much for being here today and your time on the podcast. Thanks, man. I appreciate you offering, extending the opportunity to talk to you today. It was wonderful. We'd like to thank today's guests for sharing their professional experience and career advice. We appreciate their insight and taking the time to share them with our audience. To you, the listener, thank you for joining us on this journey and exploring the ever-evolving world of engineering. We hope we've inspired you to pursue your dreams and ambitions. Let us know if there are topics or fields you'd like to hear more about. Until next time, we wish you the best of luck on your engineering journey. Thank you.